Hello, welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, a podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. Figuring it out. I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. Okay, getting into it. Right away. What are we doing? Well... I always feel like you're the one in charge, I know, I wish you would take the damn notes and do it sometimes so I could just sit here and look pretty. Okay, well, you figure out the lights then. I don't know about lighting. (laughs) It escapes me. Yeah. And you just do all the green screen and put in a pretty background and key out the background. I don't even know what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Not my thing. So I'm going to leave you to the notes. You do a good job. Do I? Yeah. Okay. I think you lead us well. And you know what's weird is behind the scenes, you're kind of leading. Mm-hmm. But the way that we present the episode, it almost looks like I'm steering it. See how I do that? <laughs> I'm not at all. <laughs> I mean, I guess I do make the show notes. You do. Maybe yeah. we both lead our podcast. Maybe that's how it goes. We're co-leaders. You're co-leaders and co-hosts. Mm-hmm. This is this is all very true. Okay. Okay. So what are we what are we talking about? Lead. Take the lead, oh well, fearless leader. Last week, we left you listeners and viewers. Oh, not viewers last week. Yeah. We didn't we didn't get a podcast video taped. Well, we did, but it was shit quality. We're still yeah. working this out, people. Yeah. We pulled our stuff out of the closet because um, <laughs> the closet was very tight and hot and hot and uncomfortable. Oh, but we should have um, a full podcast video for 17 very oh. soon. Yes. Well, nice. I know. For some reason, we released 18, which was the temple background. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on editing 17 now, the collab yes. background. Yeah, It's really a space background. It's One Direction's collab and, you know, reality is the other direction. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, this is actually episode 20. 20. Can you believe it? I read somewhere that most podcasts don't survive past 10 episodes. People yep. just, what, get burned just out? give up. Or? They're like, no one's listening. I don't like it. Uh, we got it is a lot of work, listening. but we do have listeners, so it's encouraging. We feel the love. Yes, thank you. I feel the love. Do you? Yeah. Good. Do you? I do. Yeah. We get some great emails. Yeah, we do. We'll read one of those later. Um, yeah, we couldn't do it without you guys. No, Seriously. No. Especially, we could not do this without our new patrons. Oh, yeah. And we have some new ones to announce. Yep. We had another great week of people going on <laughs> patreon.com slash lesbian, checking out our tiers, checking mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. what we give you and deciding, yeah. I want to support this. I want to help keep this working. That's right. So we really appreciate it because we do have costs. We pay for equipment. We pay for editing. It's our time. It's our energy. So those of you who have contributed on Patreon, all the love. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We do appreciate it. So last week, we have Katrina H. Thanks, Katrina. Uh Uh-huh. I know Katrina. Oh, you do? I do. Susan H., who actually is mostly local, and we are going to want to go visit her, I think. Oh, okay. She lives around here somewhere. Mm -hmm. Eric L., who is also a local. Thank you, Eric. Mm -hmm. We have Amy S., who is sort of local-ish, like East Coast. All right. And Selena J., who has been with us since the beginning. Yes, we are glad to to have her as a patron. Thanks, Selena. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I announced... Last week that we had gotten to 35,000 total downloads. And what's weird is we record these approximately six to seven days before we release. Yeah. So before we had a chance to release episode 19, we actually hit 40,000. We did. So we are over 40,000 downloads now. So who knows what it'll be when we release this again. Yeah. So keep listening. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's exciting. Mm -hmm. I like to see the numbers go up. It makes me happy. Yeah. Me too. It makes me happy. 
Today's April 1st, so when this releases, it'll be like, what what day is that? I'm bad, I'm bad with that. The 8th or the 6th? Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, did anyone else get that weird emergency alert that you're not supposed to drink water? I didn't get that. You're supposed to boil the water for I didn't get three that. I minutes? Some, no, that is such shit. Someone's messing with you and you're believing them. Did you boil water? It was an emergency alert with a tone and everything. <sighs> Why I didn't know, I get I didn't, it? I don't know. But other people, I was in Trader Joe's when the second one happened and other people I was asking around and other people had gotten the alert too. It wasn't just me. Well, why just some people and not some people? I didn't get it. Maybe they know who the heavy water consumers are. And they <laughs> it would just, not be me. Would not if be there you. was an emergency alert of like, <laughs> boil your beer or you'll get sick, it would come to me first. Well, you know, I put a little water in the uh, martinis. That way they don't knock you on your ass completely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, maybe the vodka will kill any germs in the water. So we're hyd- I think we're hydrating. Of course we're hydrating. When we're drinking yes. these. There's a little water in here. And mm-hmm. vodka's healthy-ish. And there's ice. Ice is water. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. And olives. And we didn't Healthy boil fats. any of it. We didn't boil shit. So Not afraid. Well, wouldn't the alcohol kill whatever is going to kill us? I think so. Isn't that why um, in the Middle Ages they just drank a lot of beer and stuff? According to Mormon wisdom, that's why Jesus turned water into wine. Because it was the water was not healthy to drink. Oh. Which is funny because I told that to my therapist. <laughs> and my therapist was like, uh, that's ridiculous. There is a spring that runs underneath Jerusalem. <laughs> well, there you go. And wine and beer, actually, very, very ancient beverages. They've yeah. been around a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just... Everybody drank wine. Speaking of beverages. Get over it, Mormons. Yeah, get over it. So speaking of beverages, there is a rumor circulating the ex-Mormon mill saying that the next general conference, which is in like six days, Mm -hmm. starts in six days, they are going to back off from the no coffee rule. How are they going to explain this one? I don't know, but I personally would love for that to happen because I can't wait to see... How Mormons will dance around that oh, shit. talk their way out of this crazy crap. Yeah, like because, you know, yesterday if you drank coffee, you couldn't be saved. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow, if they change the rule, you can drink coffee and you're fine. So that God, he's sure wishy-washy. He is wishy-washy. Changed mm-hmm. his mind, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. We will see what happens. God discovered the Keurig. And he couldn't go back. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's one of my least favorite coffees is the Keurig. The Keurig? Yeah. yeah it's just not very strong. Speaking of God changing his mind, we need to do a podcast about this. Up until, I think it was 1973 or 74, maybe 75, I'll look at the exact year, African Americans or any dark race were not allowed to go to the temple mm-hmm. if they were Mormons, which means, again, that they could not be saved until like the mid-70s. Yeah, that's some crazy crap right there. Can you there. imagine? That's that's beyond— How did they get beyond that? Like, how did they explain that one? Uh, they said that God had his reasons uh-huh. and that they begged and pleaded, and finally God said, yes, now is the time <laughs> for all of humankind, but not the women— to be able to receive the priesthood. Yeah. Wow. Because God's a we dick. We begged and pleaded God, but God wouldn't allow it until 1970-something. Yeah. Which, curiously— Do you really want to serve, like, this weird, douchey God? No, I don't understand. No, well, and that's the thing. Is, what does anybody get out of their relationship with this person <sighs> thing? That being, the, the, yeah. I don't know. Curiously enough, the Mormon church was having a hard time getting baptisms back in the 70s when they were sending missionaries to South America, which have a lot of darker-skinned people. Yeah. 
And I've read articles and studies on this, so this is just me regurgitating what I've read. They were troubled because they couldn't get all of these baptisms because these darker-skinned people— didn't want to join a church where they couldn't be saved. And there's a, <laughs> yeah. there's so many racism through the Book of Mormon, through, I mean, it's it's really hideous. And so it was just about that time that they decided, oh, we begged and pleaded for God to, mm-hmm. to extend his arm and provide eternal Funny salvation. Enough, God listened to us. Yeah, and then miraculously, we got people more started ba- getting baptisms. baptized and the church got more tithing money. Huh. So there you have it. We should probably do an entire podcast or three on racism within Mormonism. Oh, yeah. There's a a lot. Yeah. There's a for lot sure. there. Speaking of that, the subject of um, the recent musical we saw took place in Uganda, right? What did we oh just see? Oh my gosh, see? should we talk about it? We should talk about it. Let's just it. jump right in and talk about it, and then I will I will fix the cliffhanger. Okay, so gosh, it'll be like old news by the time this podcast comes out. It was March 28th. We went there. to see... Okay, <laughs> good. Put it in perspective. There you go. We went to see... 2019. Yeah. Okay, go. Can I talk? Yep. Okay, thank you. Welcome. We went to see Book of Mormon. She let me finish. I did. The musical. The musical. Is uh-huh. there a different type? Of well, no. I guess you I, could I, just go see the Bible There's thing. one. <laughs> <laughs> saw it. Yep. Sure saw did. it. Didn't read it. <laughs> sure but saw I saw it. it. Yeah. What's that hotel chain? Is it Marriott? Yeah. That That's where Book I of took mine. in there. Oh, yeah. You did steal one. <laughs> I've actually seen people on Reddit going to Marriott hotels, taking the Book of Mormon, and then writing their anti-testimony in the Book of Mormon and then leaving it. That's brilliant. Yeah. It's Pretty oh, we need to do that. Okay. That's such a good idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, with a Latter-day lesbian card. Oh my gosh, we should go to all the Marriott's <laughs> and put a Latter-day lesbian card let's in there. All start, let's just start staying at Marriott's. Okay, with all of Who's our money. with us? We will send you a card with Latter-day lesbian on it, and you can write whatever uh, testimony or, or non-testimony on the back. And uh, yes. go to, stay at a Marriott and slip it in the Book of Mormon. That'd be awesome. Come on, let's do this, people. If you want one, let us know. <laughs> We're going to do this. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so should we talk about the musical a little yeah. bit? Yeah, yeah. What'd you think? I, first of all, have never seen a musical before. Yeah, it's your first one. I don't like them. They, in my opinion, are cheesy and goofy. My mom always watched them, so I associated it with, like, you know, women passing out and, like, Oklahoma and, you know. (laughs) But this musical, the first one I've ever seen, I thought was phenomenal. Yeah, what'd you like about it? Well, it was overly cheesy on purpose. Yeah, it was comedy. Yeah, it was a comedy. And And it was, like... There were just so many themes in there. The the music was catchy. The words were hilarious. I loved how spot on it was. Mm-hmm. If there were ever any like believing Mormons in that theater, Mary tells me I say that word wrong. Well, you just said it fine. Well, because I had to focus. Theater. Well, just say it how you normally okay. say it. And if, if it there sounds would have... goofy, we'll, we'll just laugh at you behind your back. Right? Who's with me? If there <laughs> would have been any current practicing Mormons in the theater... <laughs> Damn That's how I say it. No, listen. By the way, I've always said it that way. Then don't stop. I won't. You know what? You just, mm-hmm. you be you. Yes. Uh, they would have been very offended in the audience, which made it fantastic. So that's what I want to know. Did anyone go thinking this was like, I don't know, heartfelt, sincere, like an actual depiction of Mormonism? Did anyone think that? Well, they Not sure didn't think that when at this they... point. But I mean, when it first came out. Yeah, that would be interesting. Any listeners out there, did you see it while you were Mormon? And Thinking what did you think? Thinking it was like on the up and up. 
or were, could you go, did you go and see, be like, oh, well, I can handle it. And then what did you think about it if you were a true believing Mormon? Because yeah. there was some offensive shit that I loved that was so spot on, like that turn it off like a light switch uh-huh. song. It's like a shelf. Yeah. It's basically the shelf song. Yeah. It's basically saying if there's anything that you just question or if life is hard, just turn it off. You yeah. just ignore just it. Just ignore Put it. on your shelf. Uh-huh. If you're having, you know, um, homosexual feelings, turn it off. Mm-hmm. Turn everything off. Which is so accurate in Mormonism. You just, just shut ignore it, down. it. Just ignore shut it. it. Shove it to the side. Yep. yep. Doesn't exist. I also really appreciated and loved the whole theme of these white Mormon missionaries, <laughs> you know, coming from America, going to Uganda, a place that they're suffering with famine and disease. Like most of their, their community has AIDS and there's guys that come in with guns and shoot people and just mm-hmm. like a horrible, horrible life. And then here's these rich white Mormon kids in their white shirts and ties coming in there and not helping with the AIDS, not no, helping with with anything that really with matters. Anything that, that they really needed it. Instead, they're like, this book will save your life. Yeah. This book. And, and I felt so bad for the woman whose name I can't remember. And possibly it's because that main character who's also named, I can't remember. There's two of them. The larger dude. Arnold was the big Arnold. one. And Elder Price was the other one, I think. Arnold. Yeah, he cracked me up. He could never remember her name throughout the whole so thing. Funny. That was so funny. When fun. he called Maybe, her... Um, that's probably why I can't remember her name. What's it? Not Doogie Hauser, but... Um, <laughs> he <laughs> called her... He would just make up a name for her all the time. I can't think of it anyway. Um, yeah, no, it made me laugh. But she, I also, I felt bad for her because she really wanted to go to Salt Lake City, remember? Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, sorry, you can't actually. Yeah, well, there. that was how Arnold was able to get all of these people to want to be baptized. Is he had to kind of promise them. Well, he made up everything. Oh, he made up everything. Because he never read the Book of Mormon. So he's just making it up. Yeah, which was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> His stories that he came up with. But the funny thing is, is they weren't any wackier than the actual stories that are in the <laughs> that Book of Mormon. So true. I know. So thinking about how um, they're going to Uganda and offering. And am I the, the only one who wants to say, Uganda, be kidding me? Oh, my God. Okay, I just, I got it out of my system. <laughs> I won't say it again. Whew, much better. <laughs> uh, so when they built this huge temple in real life in Kenya. That's a real thing. This is a real thing. Okay. And, you know, a multi-million dollar building in a country where people still starve to death. A huge building that actually only like point zero 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 something percent of the population in Kenya would even be allowed to go into. You wonder why wouldn't you not instead use that money that you spent building this big temple for medical care, for medical care, or, or education, water. or to stop female genitalia mutilation? Oh, yeah, they talk like about that anything. in there too. And when you ask a Mormon that, they will come back with, "Well, the church does do a lot of humanitarian aid." Bullshit. They don't. They hardly do anything compared with it to the income that they have. What's the temple even doing there? Well, that's the thing is they'll also say it's more important that people are saved for eternity than just suffering here in this life. So It's made up. It is made up. But they're like, well, if I go to the temple and get baptized for dead people and that, do the ordinances for dead people. We got to talk about that. Oh, we will. That is ridiculous. We will. So meanwhile, you're passing by people starving on the streets to go do baptisms in a multi-million dollar building for dead people? Help me out here, guys. How does this How does this make sense? Doesn't make any damn sense. Mm-mm. Nope. No. But anyway, we love the musical. The musical was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. I we want to see it again. Yeah, we want to see yeah. it again. Yeah. Yeah. I actually want to see if the uh, play is somewhere online because I felt like, and maybe it was just our seats. Maybe we should get closer. Let's get on the front row. Okay. 
It was hard for me to hear all the dialogue. Yeah, there were some parts that were a little muffly. Then again, we have old ears. So. <laughs> Is that what the problem? Yeah, my ears And I was sucks. in a 70s band for 10 years. So there my could Mary be was in a 70s band. Cover band. It wasn't like actually in the 70s. <laughs> <I would've laughs> Although been, it could have been. I would have been really little. How little? Really little. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. And the drummer was like banging in my ear. Mm. But her hearing's worse than mine, if that's yeah. any consolation. LB, right? LB. Yes. Shout out to LB again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She gets around. She does get around. In the Atlanta music scene. <laughs> anyway, we're off topic. We are, once again. So it was a great weekend. Yeah. Book of Mormon musical. Oh, Highly and then we got it. together with um, a Patreon subscriber. Indigo Hanahan. Shout out to Indigo. Yes, she uh, she's a Patreon subscriber. It was and a fun night. with her subscription was a get-together with us. Yeah. And that was such a good time. She's great. I mean, unfortunately, we can't go visit every single subscriber because she was on the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're in the area, we would get together with you mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. We yeah. had a great time. We hey, had dinner. if you want to sponsor us for $1,000 a month, we will fly to your house and we will... Do a podcast from your house and cook you tangy pork chops. <laughs> well, it sounded real good to the listeners until you until threw in part. the salmonella saucy tangy pork chops. That's great. <laughs> okay, we, maybe we won't do that. You can cook for us. <laughs> <laughs> but we will make you laugh. Yeah, we will. Maybe. And we'll be like, you know, we'll make you props drinks. for your friends. That's true. Mary makes some great friend, friends. Jeez. Mary makes some great drinks. <laughs> well, you become friends after a few <laughs> of those. True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, what's next? Why don't we jump right into the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day? Let's do it. Cue music. It's the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. Okay, Mary. Yeah, Shelly, what is it? The fucked up Mormon phrase of the day, which, by the way, I think it's hilarious that our listeners and viewers on social media have written out the acronym, the F-U-M-P-O-T-D. That makes me smile every time. We created an acronym. I know, but it's a little clunky. No, I'm going to get T-shirts. Okay. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. Okay. How do you say it? Fumpotad? Fumpotad. But we're going to call it the F-U-M-P-O-T-D. Okay. Which is no less lengthy than fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. Okay, sure. What is it today, Shelly? It is... Are you ready? I'm ready. Stupor of thought. Stupor of thought. No way she's going to get this. Is Go this, ahead. Is this a song? Talk it out. <sighs> Stupor of thought. I just kind of feel like unless you're thinking the Mormon thoughts, then you're in a stupor. Like everybody else who isn't Mormon is in some sort of stupor because they don't know the true church. They don't know the straight and narrow true religion of Mormonism. So they're in a stupor. That's my only guess. If you're not Mormon, you're in a stupor of thought. And then you get your temple recommend taken away. <laughs> you're te- absolutely. <laughs> your temple recommend. You don't even, you're not even considered. You didn't get one. You, you didn't get one saved. in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are very on the fringe with that definition. I mean, it's it's out there. I'm, I'm going to say no. All right. All right. All right. Buzzer. So this is what it is in Mormondom. Okay. Stupor of thought is you have a question and you're going to pray about it and then you pray about it and you're thinking of the answers and when your mind can't make the decision, when you're thinking of one thing and you have a stupor of thought, you can't make it make sense or you can't, you're feeling like stuck, then the answer is no. Okay. 
If you have a stupor <laughs> of thought, you are wrong. If you are contemplating something and the answer doesn't come to you quickly? If you can't make sense of it, if it seems confusing. So all of Mormonism would fall into this category, essentially. <laughs> Basically, because none of it makes sense. None of it makes any damn sense. I think when you're a Mormon, you are stuck in a stupor of thought if you are thinking. Continually. Yeah, if you're thinking about it, trying to figure it out, you have to be in a stupor of thought because it's so much nonsense. But let's analyze it a little bit. Okay. What I think they're trying to say mm-hmm. is don't question anything. This goes back to don't question anything. If you start to question stuff, then it's wrong. It's only right if you just take somebody else's answer, the, meaning the prophet or your bishop or your dad or whoever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you have to think about it, then uh-uh, it's wrong. Don't question. Don't question. Just follow. Yeah? I think also people who, let's say they're trying to figure something out and it's a complicated thing and they can't quite figure it out. And then they just are like, oh, well, then it's just wrong and I'll go on to something else. Like it's a good they way of shutting down shelf. thought, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm trying to figure out polygamy. Don't and figure it out because it doesn't make sense. Put it on your shelf. Yeah. Uh, turn it off. Turn it off. Like a light switch. I don't remember the rest of it. <laughs> that's basically the Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's that whole thing. Like put it on a shelf. Don't think about it because you don't want to question anything because it's all crazy. It is. So if any listeners have a stupor of thought moment... Write in and let us know. Send them in. Mm -hmm. Is that a good time to actually take a break? Yes. What's going on next? You want to do the letter? Let's do the letter. Okay, we're going to do a listener letter right after this. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Okay. All right, and we're back. And we're back. So Mary's going to read a listener letter. Yeah, we met this person, uh, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. At a local bar restaurant we like to go to, Taco Bomba. I think we've talked about this on our mm-hmm. podcast before. Shout out to Promise, our favorite bartender. Our favorite bartender, mm-hmm. Promise. And we met Jamie and some friends. She was with some old school friends, I think. They get together now and then. Mm-hmm. And Jamie is trans, trans woman. Trans woman. And we are going to read her letter. Hey, Mary and Shelley, I caught up to real time this morning. So she um, was late to the podcast and was catching up. Yay, though I guess that means no more binging. Hmm. It happens. Can't wait for the next weekly dose. I really enjoy the podcast. Thanks, Jamie. All the judgmental crap Shelly experienced coming out to the church, family, and others is heartbreaking. Agreed. I cry almost every time I hear her break down. Mary, your reaction is always so loving. Perfect, really. Mm -hmm, That's true. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I'm in the middle of coming out about being trans. It's been going well, though I've only spoken about it to the easy cases, in quotes, So far, my mom, sister, and about 10 longtime friends. I have a list of people to tackle next. The hardest part is I'm waiting until summer to tell my high school-aged son. I actually think he'll be okay, but in case it does throw him, I don't want to have dumped it on him during the school year. I mean, that's that's really nice to, like, wait and... Wait until summer. I know that's going to be challenging. Mm -hmm. Your episode about coming out to your kids cracked me up. Is it about your gayness again? (laughs) Waiting hurts, though. I don't like hiding it from my son. I'm trying to be open and get over the macho. Don't talk about your feelings, BS. I learned growing up. Thanks, Dad. Grr. In parentheses. As a woman, I don't feel like that. And until I tell my son, there's a community of other people I have to wait on. Three months isn't long, but at times it is a real downer. Okay, this is getting long. It was kind of therapeutic. Hope to catch you at Taco Bamba again soon. Hear you later, Jamie. 
Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. We have chosen to read this because multiple reasons. I am, even though I am gay, coming to this world of being not straight is still very new to me and understanding all types of sexual attraction or sexuality or just I think it's gender identity. Gender identity. Yeah. I'm just trying to, trying to lump everything. It's all new to me. And yeah. I'm grateful that I have made uh, some trans woman friends that have been very open in telling me about their experiences growing up and what the proper usages of terms. And I'm sure I will screw it up from time to time. And please forgive me. But I was shocked at how much I had in common as a child as my trans woman friend had as a child blew me away. Well, and this is something that I wanted to talk about when we read Jamie's letter. We had a bad review. Do you remember this? Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. We had a bad review because someone complained that I asked if you had ever considered transitioning. Mm -hmm. Because I know you identified heavily as male for a really long time. I was wishing I was male when I was a child. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that was me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought it was a legitimate question, and it's okay if the answer is no. Like yeah. it wasn't, there was no judgment attached to it. I but was somehow just, that upset a listener, saying, "Yeah, I think her thing was like, no, not everybody who is a tomboy wants to be a guy or whatever or identifies yeah, right. as male, and I should know better." When I don't think any question is really off the table. Personally. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, and I think my opinion is, if you are a member of any of these, you know, from gay to all over the spectrum. Being patient and answering people's questions and not just assuming people are being rude because they're saying it wrong would go a long way. For me, I have been asked, well, you have seven kids. Are you sure you're gay? Which is, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I'm gay. Uh um, But I'm not going to come back at someone and be like, yeah, you dumbass. Of course I'm gay. I'm with a woman. Because Mm -hmm. that's a valid question. And it doesn't come from Or the question, are you sure you're not bisexual? Yeah. You've had that a lot. For sure. For sure. I think patience is in order. And mm-hmm. if you are someone who people tend to not understand, if you feel like it's your calling to answer questions, that's awesome. I am so lucky that I have people in my life that are on this different road than I am that are willing to talk to me about it. Because honestly, aside from being gay, my thought patterns of how sexuality works were very stuck yeah. in like heterosexual conservative type belief. I was stuck. I really was. And so it was hard for me just to even knock my head enough to accept being gay. Anything beyond that, not that I was against it, I just didn't understand it. And I am still learning, which is, I think it's great for all of us to learn. And we have at least one non-binary listener I know of. Mm -hmm. True. And I know that I've messed up in the right terminology, the right pronoun to Mm -hmm. use when describing this person. They prefer they as a pronoun. And I find it challenging because I get hung up on the plural nature of they. But there's, you know, there's no third pronoun. Right. We don't have a third pronoun. Maybe there will be someday. Maybe maybe they will stick. I don't know. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay to want to be referred to in the way that makes you feel comfortable. I don't think that's too much to ask. I don't. And if you know what, if people mess up, as long as their heart is in the right place and they're like, God, I'm a dumbass. I'm sorry. You know, yeah. that's that's okay too. We, this is an imperfect world, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. we really just need to be open to others' experiences. And I, my heart goes out to the trans community because I just think that coming out as a trans person 
has got to be a lot tougher than coming out as gay. I oh, really think it's got to be absolutely. so much tougher. I think if you're putting them in some kind of hierarchical, hierarchical order, they're straight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to come out when you're straight. No, you just are. You got lucky. <laughs> I guess. And then lesbian is accepted-ish. And then a gay man is under that. And then transgender and anything on out is just still like less than. And I hate that. I hate that anyone feels less than just because of the way you feel about yourself or who you're attracted to. Like that sucks. We're all people, Mm -hmm. you know? It's like, you know, being judged on what you like to eat for dinner, being judged on your favorite color, you know, it's, you you like what you like. That's just, yeah. it. you feel the way you feel. That's just it. You know, at one time, if you had, if you were left-handed, you had been killed. Isn't that crazy? This is true. Crazy. It's true. Yeah. Again, I'm grateful that I have a good friend that has been very willing to talk me through things and, and laugh off my flubs instead of mm-hmm. getting offended at my flubs and say, okay, let's have a quick lesson in terminology and talk me through right. it. Right. Uh, and she was also very willing to open up about her experiences as a child. And I could ask questions that I wouldn't just ask a, a, a trans woman that I just met. Like mm-hmm. I would be uncomfortable, but I was able to ask her things like, what was it like for you as a child? When did you start thinking that you were a girl? But it was so interesting to me, her talking about clothing. She talked about the very first time she found her mom's nylons. What are they called? Pantyhose. The <laughs> nude pantyhose. <laughs> Throwback to episode whatever. <laughs> uh, and she took them and put them on. She being born with boy genitalia, uh-huh. you know, so being raised as a boy found the pantyhose, put them on, and suddenly the world felt right. Wow. And she felt normal and felt like, oh, wow, I feel okay now. Wow. And I would have those same feelings when I would wear a dress. I felt off. Right. I felt like I was dressing as someone else. Uh Uh-huh. And if I wore like a soccer uniform or my brother's uh, football gear for Halloween or like a tank top or just something sort of manly, it felt right. I felt confident. I felt correct. Well, I think that's why I asked you if you ever felt like you were the wrong gender. Yeah. You know, I, I do wonder, had I been raised in a different family where there was an option what option would I have taken? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, being gay. Or, I would miss your boobs. Well, I would miss <laughs> your boobs. Well, I'm not transitioning. I know. I know. Um, being gay or being transgender or transforming into anything was just not talked about, not accepted, and not even known about when I was a kid. Yeah. So there, there was no option. You would hear about. Um, they'd call. They would call it. Um, what do you call when you just dress up in, in women's clothes? Drag. Dra- uh, no, uh, trans. Transvestite. Transvestite. Thank you. Transvestite was wow. the word that was thrown around in my household, and that was something that was ridiculed and made fun of. But it was it was talked about like it's it's a man who likes to dress up like a woman, but that's it. It's not that he feels like a woman; he just likes to dress up, and right. it was made fun of. And so that was that was all that I had in my huge knowledge of sexuality mm-hmm. or gender as a child. Yeah. And I don't know. Did they never see Some Like It Hot? That's a great movie. Surely no. Surely we didn't. Don't call me Shirley. (laughs) So I don't I don't know if I had a different experience. Would I have gone more the route of being a boy? I don't know. I never Well, between the two of us, you would make the better man, I think. 
I am very big barrel chested. You have broad shoulders. You have no hips, which I can't believe you birthed seven children. I mean, with an epidural, I could birth anything. <sighs> That's crazy talk. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. And, and, I, and I don't identify that way. No. That's really what it comes down to. Yes. And so I you don't, don't identify that way. I don't. And I don't know if that's nature or nurture. I don't yeah. know. There was not that option. Who knows? And I'm okay with where I've landed. I, mm-hmm. I love being a lesbian. I love being in love with you. I love a woman's body. I'm not upset by my woman's body. Mm-hmm. Don't love periods, but you know. Yeah, who does? <laughs> I didn't like being a girl growing up. You know, being Mormon, you were a, being a boy was what you needed to be. You got sure. all the cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was never content with being a girl. But it was interesting that I could sit and have this conversation with a trans woman and identify so much with how she felt feeling correct in women's clothing. And that's how I felt in, men, in, in, boys, men, clothing. in boys' clothing. I felt correct when I was hanging out with boys. Mm-hmm. I felt right if I was playing boy games, whether that's violent video games or sports or you know going hiking. Like that all felt like it was me and I, and I felt happy. Mm-hmm. And if it was anything that was dominantly female, if it was, you know, if it was quote, girly, girly, if it was yeah. frilly dresses, if it was baby dolls, if it was sewing, knitting, cooking, any of that, it didn't feel right to me. I felt embarrassed. Like I was faking it. Mm. Wow. So, yeah. And this was the same experience as my friend. And I wonder if that is a typical experience. I don't know. I don't know where that line is between dressing up as the opposite sex and identifying with the opposite sex, but then believing you are the opposite sex. Like there's, I think it takes it a one step further. Sure. And I think that's a line that only that person can answer. Can answer. For sure. And there should be no standard of, well, you have to feel a certain percentage of this way for me to accept who you say you are. You know, it's it's like when get someone to, tells you, you what you are, then, then, yeah, then they no, are. You get to decide for yourself. Absolutely. Who you are. Yeah. I was also grateful. I might have talked about this before, um, but when we, when we met Jamie at Taco Bamba, the trans woman, I had already at that point had experience with another trans woman and understanding her and getting to know her better. That when I met Jamie, there was no shock. There was no, hmm. It was like an excitement. Like, oh my gosh, I get to meet a trans woman because I just have this like this respect and this better understanding as whereas before it was sort of like I don't I don't know what to do. Well, it was cool because she was out with some buddies from high school and they were all on the football team together. Yeah, I just that it was high school. Awesome. That was so <laughs> that was so great. And to see her friends from high school, yeah, just be totally fine. Yeah, like yeah, this is Jamie and just chatting it up, and that was so great. I just felt a lot of love in in but the Taco Bamba. I do Bamba. feel for her having to tell her son. Yes. That's got to be yeah. really scary. Luckily, kids these days aren't like they were in the 80s when I was a kid. Also, pretty sure Jamie was never Mormon. I don't remember yeah, her religious I upbringing. So. I don't think we talked about it. And so I don't think that, that her son is going to be brainwashed ahead of time into thinking that she's wicked. Because we have heard stories of people being ostracized because of that. Yeah. Because of coming out trans to their families. And now their relationship isn't the same. So they're put in this position of, well, do I live my life for someone else? I mean, even my kids? Yeah. Or am I true to myself and risk that relationship? That's a really hard position. That is a hard position. I think for me, obviously, it ended up being be true to myself and live for myself. But you have been chastised for that. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. People are upset that I don't live with my kids. People are upset that I broke up this wonderful family. People are upset that I'm setting a bad example for my children. I tell you what, my kids and I have a better relationship now than we ever, ever did. I see them all the time. I have patience with them. I have taught them, if you are unhappy, fix it. Yeah. Don't stay in a shitty situation. Well, you're not breaking your toe anymore. That's true. I'm not kicking doors, breaking toes out of frustration. So I think when you teach your kids that just stay in a shitty situation for Mm -hmm. someone else, that's what you're teaching them. Put everyone else first and you just stay shitty. I think my kids will be happy knowing that their mom was happy. As much as much as I want my kids to be happy, they want me to be happy too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Or they, they should. And they would. Especially Smashy when she calls me 50 times she a day. She just wants to know what you're having for dinner. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Love that kid. So, so, yeah. So, there'll be more conversations like this. I just think that we wanted to start the ball rolling on this conversation. Right. You also asked me what's worse in Mormonism, to be gay or to have transitioned to the opposite to gender. To the opposite gender. And someone had posted something on Reddit um, out of the church handbook that basically says, if you have transitioned, you can't you can't go to the temple. I don't think you can even get baptized. Like, you're done. And you can as a gay person? No. Okay. Well, no, I'm sorry. Let me back that up. You can as a gay person if you don't ever act on your gayness. So if I just never touched your boobs, (laughs) (laughs) like that's going to (laughs) happen. And this is why I drink some of these. If you didn't have such amazing under boob, it wouldn't be an issue. Oh, easy. (laughs) My cousin listens to this. So does my brother. But he likes boobs. <laughs> and my coworkers. Cheers, everybody. They will agree with me. <laughs> Amazing boobs. Um, anyway, oh my God. I could have said, hey, I'm gay, but I promise to not ever act on it. Act on it. And you it. could still get in the temple? Yes, because you're being you're you're being chased. You're being morally clean. Because we know someone who will remain nameless. Okay. Who was excommunicated. That is because this person got married to her wife. Okay. So if you marry gaily, (laughs) (laughs) okay, (laughs) or if you date, like if you, you can't be with someone of your same gender and be temple worthy or be baptized. Nope. Because you're breaking the law of chastity. Well, see, I don't even understand. At that point, if you're not temple worthy, then why tithe? Why even go to church? Because you're not going to go to heaven. It doesn't even make any sense at that no, point. No, I don't, I don't understand it either. I think some people are waiting for the church to change their stance, and the church might change their stance, but I don't know. Because to me, it's like— In the like, meantime, I'll be taking this check. Yeah, that's true. And uh, when you change your stance, maybe you get it back. We'll yeah, just, we'll just I don't, wait and see. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to sit around like waiting for people to catch up to what I thought was right. No. That doesn't seem— But no, you know, I, each I, I need acceptance now. Yes, agreed. I went for too long not being accepted just because I was a freaking girl. We already have to— Well, there's that. Mm-hmm. And we already have to put up with family members who are not crazy about our decisions. Yeah. You know, because it's a choice. Is it? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's we choose to act on it. Yeah. But North Star, they just put out this video. Uh, North Star is like the Mormon church's— gay therapy program kind of thing. Oh, is that like conversion therapy? Yep, yep, yep. And we will do a podcast about conversion therapy because it's fucking horrible. They just put out a video, and this video infuriated me because it starts with 
you know, beautiful violin music and someone singing, I know that my redeemer lives. It's, it's clearly a gay man. They, they're finding all the gayest looking Mormons that they can to be in this video. And some of them are gay. I, I don't know who is and who isn't, but they found the gay looking ones. You're stereotypical. So they're gay, but not acting on it. Correct. So in this little commercial, they're playing this, I know that my Redeemer lives song and it's beautiful and it touches your heart. It pulls your heartstrings because of something, by the way, called heart cell that the church has copyrighted the ability to be able to make you feel things. That's for another time. Man, that would be a great fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. Mm, Heart cell. I have no idea what that is. Okay, good. Next week. Anyway, so... (laughs) A little preview for you. There's video of this clearly gay man helping out his neighbor, right? And singing about how Jesus loves him and whatever, or that he knows his Redeemer lives. And then there's a gay man praying with his wife. And you can see he's like struggling in prayer, and the wife has kind of got her hand on his shoulder. And then there's a gay man holding the hand of his straight wife, I'm assuming straight wife, and they're also holding the hands of two of their little kids, Mm -hmm. and they're just living this happy life. And then they'll show in church, there's two clearly gay women, also a transgender woman, sitting in the aisle at church, and they're just happy, and they're singing songs, and they're looking around, and they're just so happy. And the message of this video is that LGBTQ community, you are accepted here. You're accepted here. And let me tell you why that pisses me off. Because they're not accepted. (laughs) No, we're not accepted. What the video should be showing is the gay man who's married to the straight woman, right? Because he's being obedient and having a family and marrying a woman. Like he's been told, marry a woman and, and you'll be fine. They don't show the part of the woman being depressed and crying every night because she can't get her husband to want to be with her sexually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She doesn't attract him to her. That destroys a woman's self-esteem. Oh, for sure. They also don't show that— And the guilt that the man would feel. Yeah, the guilt that the man feels that he knows he, he's hurting her. He yeah. knows that she knows that he's not attracted to her. Yeah. Because guess what? You can't just get married and have straight sex and suddenly be straight. It has never, ever happened. Ever. No, you tried for 21 years. I did, and I was never—I I never was straight. You never enjoyed it. Mm-mm. And so to pretend like these people are all living happily— it's, it just really pisses me off because they're not. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anyone in the church who has been gay and married in a heterosexual relationship to become ungay. It hasn't worked out. The ones the church have shown in magazines and things, oh, look, these, this lesbian couple broke up so that they could be baptized. and Look how happy they are. And within a year, the one ended up in the magazine again or a different magazine saying it didn't it didn't work. I was miserable. It was horrible. Yeah. It doesn't work, you guys. Stop making these fucked up commercials. Also, how about the part where there's the two girls, clearly gay, sitting on the pew and smiling and singing? Really? Are they smiling and singing? No, because they're sitting next to the person that they probably love and want to put their arm around and can't, and won't, and they're looking around the congregation seeing these beautiful families of men, women, and children, and they know they can never, ever have that. Are they really sitting in the audience just so pleased and happy that Mormonism accepted them? Fuck that. Hey, gay people, Mormonism does not accept you. Does not accept you. No. Period. Mm -mm. So don't don't start— If you are anything other than heterosexual man— heterosexual woman who are childbearing, mm-hmm. you are not accepted by the Mormon church. Not welcome. Sure, they'll be nice to you. 
they'll be nice to you. Yeah. Of course, because Mormons are typically nice people. But guess what? You have to play by their rules or you're screwed. You have to pretend to be straight or never be in love, never feel a, a, a loving, committed relationship with someone that you love. Mm-hmm. You can never have that. You're going to sit as a lonely gay person in a community of people who get to do all the things and you don't get to do that shit. But they'll be nice to you. You can lead the chorus, but you don't get to do shit. Don't let these stupid commercials fool you. Mormonism is not gay-friendly no matter what you know, the they more try to film. I hear about Mormonism, the more I think it just might all be completely fake, <laughs> Shelley. I haven't done that joke in a while. Knew it was coming. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Anyway, I had to get that off my chest yeah, about the no, North Star thing. Because it it's infuriating. Anytime Mormons say, well, the church is becoming more accepting. No, you're no, not. No, it's not. And I think no, I brought not. up that joke at that moment just because it's all, like, let's keep in mind, people, this is made up. This mm-hmm. isn't real. These are made up rules. And you're changing who you are for something completely fake. Yeah. It's not worth it. No. Mm-mm. It's not worth it. Not at all. And this is my opinion. I am in agreement. Our podcast, our opinion, you know, you don't have to agree, but this is what I think. True. I think it's fake. I do too. And we are running out of time and we left a cliffhanger last week. Yeah. Where we leave off? We left off with, I read a letter that I wrote to my parents about how my dad had hurt me mm-hmm. with the way he treated me when they came out to visit and with him telling me that he knows the church is true. So... If you'd missed that episode, go back and listen so that you'll understand what we're talking about here because I'm not going to read the letter again. It's kind of long. Oh, yeah. I think you left off with talking about how long it took for your dad to respond and what the response was. Yes. So I sent the letter and I know he got it because he stopped calling. (laughs) That's a feat right there. Which never happens. And I didn't hear from them for... Probably a week and a half, which is seriously unheard of. I thought of. it was longer than that. Was it that? two weeks? It might have been. Maybe three? No, I think it was two weeks when my mom called. Okay. So I finally get a phone call. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's my parents. And I answer it, and it's my mom. And she's in tears. It's a Sunday, I remember. And she was completely in tears. And she said, I was sitting at church, and I just, I just had to come home. I just couldn't sit there anymore. Your letter that you wrote... I just felt like we were never going to hear from you again, and I just can't. And she just was bawling and bawling and bawling. Yeah. And I know my dad was home, too. It's interesting with my mom. She tends to want to be the victim, and she kind of turned it into, you know, you don't know how hard this is for me. She's telling me this, and I'm like, no, 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 this, no. No, we're didn't not doing this. Didn't she kind of bring up, I, didn't, I don't know any gay people. Did she bring that up then Yeah, too? It, it, we kind of had gotten stuck on this thing where every time we would talk about it, she would defend that she doesn't know any gay people and so she doesn't know how to act. And I would say, you just ask me how to act. It well, she knows one. She knows me. She yeah. birthed one. <laughs> she birthed one, for goodness sake. Yeah. So the conversation with my mom was a little frustrating for about 30 minutes and eventually it sort of calmed down and she listened and we talked and I appreciated it, and it was great. And she, you could tell she really wants to try. Yes. She wants to try to get to know you anew. Yes. As the person you are now. Yes. And she's a very sweet and kind person. Oh, she you is. She tell. She is very sweet and kind. I just think sometimes her first reaction is to d- defend, which I think is common. It's very common. I, I probably do the same. I think sometimes when I talk to them, I'm sort of on the defensive already, and I need to definitely work through that on my own. But it was great that we got through that, and I could tell her some things that were hurtful for me. And I told her how my dad was making me feel, and she said, 
well, your your father loves you. And I said, ah, sure, mom, but it doesn't feel like it sometimes. Because my dad wasn't on the phone. Okay. And he's always the one who calls. Always, always, always. It's never just my mom. Mm-hmm. It's always him or him and her, but him calling. So we got off the phone and I felt a little bit relieved. Probably a week later, I, I called my mom a few times, sort of trying to mend our relationship. And, you know, I kind of mentioned, you know, why doesn't, hasn't dad called? And she said, well, you know, your father, he's very stubborn. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's, that's a stupid excuse. There's no, I'm too stubborn to make my daughter feel better about how I treated her. Like, that's pretty messed up. Well, you didn't talk to him on that call, right? No. Okay. No, I still hadn't talked to him. Then it got to where my mom would call me and I'm like, hey, mom, what's up? And then I could hear my dad in the background telling her what to say. <laughs> yeah. And I finally said, I finally called my, bom- my mom back in the other day. I said, mom... It's disrespectful when I've asked dad to not call me until we have a conversation about the letter. And instead he's having you call me and then he's telling you what to say. I need you to stand up for me, mom. Yeah. You, you have not stood up for me. I need you to stand up for me. She says, I know, I know. So then that stopped. So she, she was apparently somehow trying to tell my dad, which is so frustrating because it's like, I couldn't imagine getting a letter like that from one of my kids and have me not just pick up the phone right then and call and say, whoa, I am so sorry. Let's talk this through. Yeah. What can like, I do? Like, oh my gosh. What can I do? Yeah. Tell, tell me everything. How can I make this better? That would be me in a heartbeat. Yeah. And so for my dad to just let it kind of roll off his back. Well, okay. So there was a couple, two, three weeks when you did hear from your mom, you didn't hear from your dad. And then after that, maybe another week went by mm-hmm. and then you'd get a call from her and you could hear your dad in the background. Right. It still was a while after that. When, it was a while. When you finally heard from your dad. Yes. He, and then he kind of brushed over the letter, didn't he? Yeah, he called and I finally answered. Well, and I heard his voice because he had, I had called for my mom before and my dad would answer and I would just say, hey, is mom there? Like, I'm just completely, I set the boundary and I'm sticking to it, yeah. damn it. You know, which is not something that I normally do. And I'm trying to get better at that. Uh, So finally it got to where he called and I didn't just tell him I'm busy. I can't talk. I sort of gave him a chance and he didn't say anything important. It just was like nothing. Like nothing happened. Yeah. So I ended up telling my mom, like, mom, seriously, I, I, I am not okay with talking to dad until he's willing to to address address. the situation. I'm not, he can't just wait it out and I'll forget it. I'm done. Uh I'm done making excuses for him. And so she must have talked to him. I don't know. But he called and he said, you know, I would really like to just sit down and and have you, I just want to listen. I just want to listen and let you tell me the ways that you were hurt as a child. And I said, you know what, Dad, I, I would appreciate that. And he said, because, you know, I know that there were some things that happened when you were younger. And he's referring to when I was sexually molested. Mm-hmm. And I just stopped him in his tracks. I said, no, Dad, that's not why I'm gay. That's not why I'm gay. Like, that's mm-hmm. been kind of a, I think he's had to tell himself that, that I became gay because I was molested. Did he see the mullet pictures? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Anyway, we ended up being able to sit down and talk about it, sit down meaning over the phone. It was very frustrating for me because I really didn't feel like he was listening. Yeah. I would talk and there wouldn't be anything on the other side. And so I would just keep talking and it just was kind of like blank. And I asked him about 
like, why did he think that it was okay for him to treat me like that when they came out? And, you know, why wouldn't he address the letter that I wrote? And he acted like he didn't know what I was talking about. Oh, right. Yeah. What letter? What letter? I'm like, the email. And so here's where I'm stuck. Like, is he senile or is he just trying to escape consequence? Like, I don't know. I don't know. He's old, but not like a thousand. (laughs) (sighs) I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But we were able to talk sh- through some things, and I was able to kind of give him cues as to how to talk to me and, and to show interest in my life. And I've decided to be a little less combative when he says stupid things. I mean, I'll say something, but I'm not going to jump down his throat. But on a good note to wrap this up, so we're going out for Pride in yeah. June, and my dad called today and said, don't rent a car. You can use our car really while nice. you are here for the whole week. And we will. We would love to come get you from the airport. We'll take two cars and get you from the airport and take you and Mary out for dinner when you get That's in. That's nice. I thought that was very nice of him. So it's like this thing where... And my first question is, well, can I have a glass of wine at dinner? Oh, we're drinking. <laughs> we're drinking at dinner. To get through this night, mm-hmm. I need a glass of wine. I need a little <laughs> liquid courage, people. Yep. <laughs> We're going to go somewhere where my dad has an amazing coupon, I can guarantee. (laughs) He's the coupon king. Um, But what I was going to say is I think that he has mentally come to a place where I know he still thinks that my lifestyle is wrong because he's still a very true believer of Mormonism. So as long as Mormonism doesn't accept me, then my dad won't in his heart think that yeah. what I'm doing is correct and well, okay. Well, you know, they may be accepting coffee any day, so who First knows? First coffee, then the gays. <laughs> then the gays, right? It's all just a downward spiral. <laughs> um, so I appreciate the attempts my dad is making. Yeah. I wish for things that are probably not possible. I wish that the church would go away and my dad would suddenly have a fresh brain and could think for himself and accept me for who I am. But I will take him being nice and kind and giving toward us. Yeah. I'll take it. You know what? Thank you, Dad. What to, it's like you got to walk before you can run. It's true. We'll just take his little baby steps. That's okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, okay. it's appreciated. Yeah, it's appreciated. So there you go. We're going to have to leave it there, everybody. Do we need to tell them where they can find us? Oh, do we have to go through all that again? You know what? We're going to make it real easy. Just email contact at latterdaylesbian.org. Let's just do that. Done. We'll direct you anywhere else you need to go. Thanks for listening. (laughs) And if you, for some reason, this is the first episode you've heard, (laughs) start over at episode one and catch up and you will know how to contact us. Yeah. It just gets lengthy. It does. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Thanks so much. And thanks for all the support, especially if you're a Patreon subscriber. Appreciate that so much. Yes. Thank you. Until next time, steer clear of cults because they are no joke. Right, Shelly? No joke at all. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.